0: Spirit ALPA Negotiations, A History, Part 2, 2004-2010. through 2010. Hello, this is Negotiating Committee Chairman Paul Slotten. Welcome to Part 2 of the Spirit ALPA Negotiations, A History, audio cast. This series walks you through the history of contract negotiations at Spirit Airlines, so if you haven't listened to Part 1, please start there. In part one, we took you from the founding of Spirit Airlines in 1983 through the ratification of Contract 2003. Today, in part two, we will tell you the story of Contract 2010 and the strike that became necessary for a successful conclusion of negotiations. Let's get started. Setting the stage In February 2004, Jacob Shore sold his majority stake in the airline to Oak Tree Capital Management. By late 2004, Spirit was suffering from mismanagement of the all-Airbus fleet transition plan. Under pressure and facing scrutiny from the new ownership group, Spirit management unsuccessfully sought to undo 401k four days off and miscellaneous financial concessions from ALPA. Airbus aircraft began to arrive in early 2005, and Ben Baldanza, brought on as COO in 2005, was promoted to CEO in January 2006. By mid 2006, Spirit Exercise options for 38320s, and in July 2006, Indigo Partners, the private equity firm founded by Bill Frankie, took a controlling interest in the company from Oak Tree. Contract 2010 Contract 03 became amendable on January 31, 2007, and the MEC Negotiating Committee commenced early negotiations in September of 2006. Tentative agreements were quickly reached on several non-economic sections, but progress soon stalled and ALPA filed for mediation. The National Mediation Board began mediated sessions in October 2007, and by January 2008, the parties had reached tentative agreements on all except for the significant economic sections. While the T-Aid sections would have achieved gains in non-economic areas, they also included certain concessions and provided for the adoption of PBS without an agreement on its parameters. This package was agreed to contingent upon later success negotiating large pay increases in exchange. When the parties finally got around to negotiating those pay increases, the company rejected Alpa's pay proposal, indicating that it would not be offering a counterproposal. In March 2008, a newly elected MEC concluded that Considering what was already agreed to in the sections already TA'd, accepting anything less than the pay increases contained in the ALPA proposal would result in an unacceptable concessionary agreement. Anticipating the long process of redoing the agreement, the negotiating Committee members decided to step down. Following the election of a new negotiating Committee made up of Mike Mattias, Kevin Payel, and myself, Paul Slotin, Polling and online surveys were conducted. With these fresh data points, it became clear that the pilot group's priorities were to maintain or improve the quality of life provisions of the agreement and increase compensation. In the first mediated bargaining session with the new negotiating committee, the company was eager to distance itself from any commitments it had made in the previous TAID sections, stating it did not wish to honor any of the section tentative agreements. The negotiating committee sought to establish contract 03 as the baseline for an agreement, preserve some T8 sections, refine others, and reject those that did not support the current goals as identified by the pilot group. 2008 Recession. In August of 2008, Spirit began furloughing pilots as the airline was facing many challenges. Oil prices had spiked, the company parked 10 airplanes, furloughs grew to nearly a quarter of our pilot group, and the Detroit domicile was cut by more than half. Furthermore, the company unilaterally imposed schedules that failed to honor the four days off provision of the scheduling section, and continued a pattern of repeated contract violations. ALPA took the company to federal court regarding the company's bad faith bargaining behavior, including the theft of the four days off and other unilateral working condition changes but the case was dismissed without prejudice. The four days off issue was ultimately decided in ALPA's favor by an arbitrator's ruling in March of 2009. As bargaining continued into the fall of 2008, the company offered proposals that demanded concessions and working conditions not seen since the inception of ALPA over 75 years prior. In response, ALPA asked the NMB for a proffer of binding arbitration, which, if rejected by either party, would initiate a 30-day cooling-off period. The NMB did not immediately act upon ALPA's request. Contract 9000 In January 2009, the company further regressed, stating that standard ALPA contracts, quote, just did not work for them, end quote. They offered a comprehensive proposal that, in their view, represented the future of pilot labor contracts. This so-called contract of the future was dubbed contract 9000 a nod to the notorious HAL 9000 from 2001 a space odyssey contract 9000 was insulting and breathtaking in its audacity filled with the fantasies of every would-be despot airline owner since frank lorenzo contract 9000 demanded over 31 million dollars in concessions from the pilot group It sought to achieve these savings by stripping away virtually every work rule and protection in the agreement. In addition, it sought to annihilate basic principles such as seniority and just cause for discipline. Spirit management sought to control who had the opportunity to upgrade and to establish the right to terminate pilots on a whim. The negotiating committee could have responded with Contract 9001, asking for million dollar pay rates and family use of the company Jets, but chose to continue bargaining in good faith and in accordance with the law, while making it abundantly clear that Contract 9000 would never be the basis of any agreement. Negotiations Stall As negotiations slogged on, it became evident that it was time to send a message. On May 15, 2009, The Spirit MEC called for a strike authorization vote. Of the nearly 95% of eligible pilots who participated, 98% voted for the withdrawal of services. This authorization was the direct result of two and a half years of fruitless negotiations and countless repeated contract violations by the company. By November 2009, we had once again reached tentative agreements on all sections of the contract except for the core economic sections. Despite earning $83 million in profits and ranking first in pre-tax profit margin among U.S. airlines that year, the company desperately clung to the notion of achieving a concessionary contract. As a result, little progress was made and frustration grew on both sides. Finally, on May 12, 2010, the NMB released our pilot group into a 30-day cooling-off period. The die was cast, and the clock was ticking toward a strike. During these 30 days, the company not only failed to produce a serious compensation proposal, but for the first 14 days, elected not to meet with the MEC Negotiating Committee at all. Instead, the company opted to only meet for two days at the end of May and then again on June 7th, just five days before the end of the cooling-off period. This strategy of brinksmanship would prove costly to the company. The strike. At 12.01 a.m. on June 12, 2010, the NMB released both sides into self-help, which meant the pilot group could call a legal strike. Three hours after the strike deadline, the company added to their compensation proposal. Although it offered significant improvements, it was still deemed inadequate for the needs of this pilot group. The biggest remaining obstacle to an agreement was inadequate first officer pay. MEC Chairman Sean Creed called a strike at 5.01 a.m. on June 12, 2010. On June 15, 2010, the NMB requested a meeting to broker an agreement. After a successful five-day strike, the company finally met ALPA's demands and added millions to their pre-strike proposal. An agreement was reached that met the MEC's compensation goals while preserving existing quality-of-life provisions, such as the four-day-off rule. It also added new provisions, like automated scheduling transactions and transition protections. The strike was over. The entire Spirit Pilot Group demonstrated tremendous unity and resolve, without which a successful outcome would have been impossible. Through their MEC, Negotiating Committee, SPSC, and with the support of ALPA national leadership and ALPA staff at every step, Spirit Pilots succeeded in moving spirit management away from their unreasonable concessionary demands to significant gains. To quote then-ALPA President John Prater, Not an airplane moved, not a wheel turned, and not one of the nearly 500 pilots of Spirit Airlines crossed the picket line. Every airline but one rebuffed Spirit's offer to pick up their flying, and that lone airline flew only a single flight with a single scab crew before it too wilted in the face of the airline piloting profession's wrath. For five days, Spirit Airlines' gates were silent. Contract 2010 represented $73.7 million in improvements over five years. The pilot group held the line and were able to maintain key provisions of Contract 03. It is said that ALPA contracts are built brick by brick. Contract 2010 went a long way in cementing the foundation for continued improvements. The contract was ratified on July 23, 2010. Join us next time for the final installment of the series covering contract 2018 and beyond. Thanks for listening.